Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hello there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Oh boy, what a year, what a year, what a year. And it's not that far into it. And certainly the year that we've recovered from, or still recovering from, I should say, we are certainly in need of some wusa. You know, it's clarity and calmness. That's what wusa means. So just saying it really gives me some of that calm. If you want to, you can say it with me. What you have to do before you say it is take a deep breath in and as you're releasing your breath, just say Wusa. Oh, that feels so good. So today we're talking about places where you can go and practices you can take during your travels for clarity and calmness. That's Wusa. <laughs> we'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. And later on when we talk more about Wusa, we're going to do that exercise again because that made me feel really, really good. But right now, let's get into some travel news. After nearly 30 years, New York City's Penn Station has a beautiful new train hall. It's a $1.6 billion new train hall called the Moynihan at New York City's Penn Station, and it opened to the public on New Year's Day with a 92-foot-tall ceiling and a glass skylight atrium. New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo says, as dark as 2020 has been, this new hall will bring the light literally and figuratively for everyone who visits the great city, adding that Amtrak really made things happen and made things happen quickly. The new train hall is named after Daniel Patrick Moynihan, a former senator who originally envisioned the idea for the facility. Moynihan Train Hall is located across the street from the original Penn Station on 8th Avenue between 31st and 33rd Streets, and it's connected to the old facility, utilizing the same tracks 5 through 16 as before. Passengers on Amtrak's Northeast Corridor routes and Long Island Railroad would be able to access the trains through the new hall. It's built inside the Farley Post Office building and is about the same size as Grand Central Terminal's main hall. It was previously the United States Postal Service's sorting room, which is no longer in use. Cuomo also stated the great skylight was not just a beautiful piece of architecture, that it brought the light into the building so they could see the mail and read the envelopes and do the sorting. The new train hall has a new retro-style waiting area for ticketed passengers, and the upper floor features the Metropolitan Lounge, very similar to a premium lounge for travelers at an airport. In partnership with the Public Art Fund, Elm Green and Drag Sets, The Hive, features 91 inverted skyscrapers on the ceiling of the 31st Street mid-block entrance, and Kehind Wiley's Go, located at the 33rd Street entrance, is 
hand-painted with black New Yorkers breakdancing in the sky. And Stan Douglas's Penn Station's Half Century has nine panels depicting iconic moments at the train station. And yes, there will be a food hall. And that's scheduled to open in the fall of 2021 with outlets of New York City eateries. Now clear that biometric secure identity platform that stores individuals' personal information and links it to biometric data, allowing them to bypass the travel document checker at security checkpoints by using fingerprint and or iris identification. Well, they're teaming up with health science company LabCorp to bring contactless and safe entry to participating venues. Expanding on its clear health pass, the identity technology company is incorporating COVID-19 test results and pertinent health information in their entry requirements for businesses or venues looking for an extra layer of precaution amid the pandemic. Now you must have the clear app and clear app users who are enrolled in the health pass can link their LabCorp patient account information, including their latest COVID-19 results, which will determine whether or not they will be allowed to enter a participating venue. So upon entry, users will need to take an in-app selfie to verify their identity and then re-verify at the venue's touchless clear kiosk either with a face scan or the app's QR code. The app will then have a green signal if the user can enter or a red signal if they cannot. HealthPass is already being used around the country. It is a free feature available in the Clear mobile app. The app does not allow user access to Clear expedited security lanes at the airport. Airlines are often ranked to see who is the safest, and the airline who was just ranked the safest airline in the world for 2021 is Australia's Qantas Airlines. And they've kept this title of the safest airline in the world and in the time during COVID-19. So that's huge. Published by AirlineRatings.com, Qantas bested 385 airlines for its truly amazing record of firsts in operations and safety. The ranking factors included the airline's crash and serious incident record, government and industry audits, safety initiatives including the new COVID-19 protocol, and fleet age. Qantas was highly ranked for its position as a leader in the development of safety initiatives like future air navigation system a system which allows communication between pilots and air traffic control. Also with real-time engine monitoring and automatic landings using global navigation satellite system. And in response to the pandemic, Qantas altered its dining service and began social distancing while boarding, earning it seven out of seven possible safety stars in the ranking. AirlineRatings.com editor-in-chief Joffrey Thomas said in a statement, all airlines have incidents every day and many are aircraft manufacture issues, not airline operational problems. It is the way the flight crew handles incidents that determines a good airline from an unsafe one. Others high in the rankings were 
Qatar Airways, Air New Zealand, Singapore Airlines, and Emirates. The highest ranking U.S. airline was Alaska Airlines coming in at number eight. Well, the newest amenity at hotels is a COVID-19 test <laughs> and this you will get upon check-in or before your flight in an increasing number of properties guests are able to order COVID-19 tests with fast results as part of a stay the tests are usually offered in partnership with a local laboratory or a medical company and for the most part are at the guests own expense now that a negative COVID test is required for crossing so many state and country borders, hotels are hoping to stand out by adding medical testing to their list of amenities. Many travelers say they would definitely participate in a COVID testing program if it meant that they could travel and do so in a manner that was safe for the destination, even if they had to pay for it for themselves. In Las Vegas, the Revive Wellness Spa at the Cosmopolitan Hotel offers a PCR test with results and documents promised within 24 hours. Antibody tests are also available with discounts offered to those who bundle their tests with certain spa treatments. The Chateau Marmont Hotel, Cottages and Bungalows in Hollywood now provides free COVID PCR tests with a 24-hour turnaround as part of its amenity package. And at the luxury Nobu Hotel Palo Alto in California's Silicon Valley, guests can request a private on-site COVID test administered by a licensed medical professional in full personal protective equipment. Lastly, Sophie Hotel Hotels at London's Heathrow and Gatwick airports now allow guests to check in, take a self-administered saliva test, have it sent off via courier to a COVID testing laboratory, and then head out for their flight the next day with test results in hand. This is certainly becoming routine and common practice in many, many places. So you wanna check if you are traveling, if your hotel or any local facilities will offer it because the United States has issued that effective immediately, travelers coming into the United States will have to have a negative COVID test upon entry. And immediately following the unrest on January 6th and the overtaking of the Capitol, airlines and flight attendant unions are really concerned about security when these rioters are returning home or even flying into town, especially Washington, D.C., as we still have the inauguration coming up. Now, reported by CNN, airlines and two of those unions representing flight attendants are concerned about in-flight security as the pro-Trump rioters who stormed the U.S. Capitol January 6 left the Washington, D.C. area. American Airlines and United have both increased staffing at the D.C. area airports where they operate. That's Reagan, BWI, and Washington's Dulles Airport. American is also suspending alcohol service on its flights to and from the region. The Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, AFA International, which represents nearly 50,000 flight attendants at 17 airlines, said rioters should not be allowed on flights if they cannot conduct themselves properly. AFA President Sarah Nelson said in a statement, their violent and seditious actions at the Capitol 
create further concern about their departure from the D.C. area. This was, of course, immediately following those events that occurred at the Capitol. Acts against our democracy, our government, and the freedom we claim as Americans must disqualify these individuals from the freedom of flight, end quote. The union that represents American Airlines Flight Crew, Association of Professional Flight Attendants, issued the following statement about in-flight incidents. We are incredibly concerned about recent politically motivated incidents on board passenger aircraft. Regardless of one's political beliefs, the cabin of a commercial aircraft must, out of necessity, be a calm environment for the safety of everyone on board. Videos shared on social media showed travelers yelling and arguing with other passengers aboard an American Airlines flight, yelling at senators in the airport. In addition, Washington Post photographer Jabin Botsford posted video to Twitter of two passengers being removed from a flight to D.C. And other videos showed pro-Trump supporters heckling Senator Mitt Romney in the airport and on a flight. Sarah Nelson also said the mob mentality behavior that took place on several flights was unacceptable and threatened the safety and security of every single person on board. It will not happen again. The four major airlines have said that they have been in touch with law enforcement authorities and the Transportation Security Administration on further actions to be taken either to have individuals put on a no-fly list, but certainly to keep calm and order on board the flights for everyone. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com. I really want you to connect with me on social media. We have tons of fun there. And I love when you share your experiences and your travel tips. Also, join that travel club. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. Planning a vacation can be stressful, and often returning from vacation can leave you with a feeling of needing a vacation from a vacation. <laughs> now, there's a difference between feeling stressed from a vacation and feeling tired from a vacation. If you're tired, it may mean you had a jam-packed schedule, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you had fun, and you did the things you wanted to do. However, if you return stressed, I think you may be doing it all wrong, and need to rethink how you're vacationing. The goal of a true vacation is to have fun, explore, and learn, or to relax and rejuvenate your mind and your body from the stresses of your daily life. So consider the following to make your next vacation the former or the latter. Plan and schedule. Planning and organizing helps to ground you in the fact that your vacation is taken care of. It doesn't mean that you don't have time or room to add or take away, but knowing and having certain elements planned and confirmed will give you confidence and ease of mind. It allows you to improvise if you discover a new activity you want to pursue. 
It's super important to schedule downtime as well on those itineraries, especially set to explore and discover. It's also important if you're booking spa appointments to have reservations, as some resorts and spas are popular and can be booked well in advance. And it can be so frustrating not to be able to enjoy the very thing you want and came to do. Beware of your budget and the cost of things. You can prepare for many things and especially fully scheduled itineraries. If your vacation is one to enjoy a resort and spa, you'll want to know and factor in those services and how the spa facility works, what's included, what's not, and if they have packages that make more sense than individual services. And understanding that spa services and packages can be costly, especially at your top and five-star properties. You certainly want to unplug from work. That is a biggie. It's hard to relax if you always have one part of you glued to work and other responsibilities. Before your vacation, make a plan to have those responsibilities covered by either staff, other employees, or personal friends and family for those personal items. And be clear about your time away and your accessibility while you're away. If it's not possible for you to completely cut off from work, set specific times when you will work and times you will be unavailable. Try not to respond to everything at all times and determine in advance what type of vacation you are embarking on. Fun and exploration or rest and relaxation and then plan accordingly. Start with a vacation state of mind. Set standards for enjoying your vacation before you embark upon your vacation. Prepare to be prepared for the unexpected and don't sweat the small stuff. Lastly, set vacation goals. Now, wusa. That's certainly the word of the day. This is Javon, and that was your travel minute. As I said earlier, after 2020, last year we have had a tremendously stressful time and we are certainly in need of some wusa and like i said before even saying the word either brings a smile to my face or it gives me calm so let's do that again we did that practice earlier but let's do it one more time and if you're just joining me wusa means clarity and calmness and we can certainly all use that now but to set things off, we're going to do that right now. And you're going to say it with me. But before you do, take a deep breath in. And then upon exhaling, you're going to say, Wusa. And you want to hold on to it for as long as you can. So let's do that again. Deep breath in. Exhale, Wusa. Doesn't that feel good? Did you feel your shoulders drop and relax? Well, that's what it's all about today. We're talking about places where you can go and practices you can take during your travels for clarity and for calmness. Wusa. So let's start from a list that I obtained from the Travel Channel on top natural healing spots in the world. Starting off with Japan, the Kusatsu 
onsen. Now remember we did a culture report a couple of months ago with Kate Liebelt on the Japanese onsens or natural hot springs. Each year nearly three million visitors take in the waters at the Kusatsu Onsen. It's a two-hour drive from Tokyo and a trip to the onsen is part of a Japanese culture. And the locals head to the natural hot springs waters for relaxing and relief of muscle pain from hypertension and other ailments. There are typically a lot of other healing properties in natural hot springs and waters. And so it's one reason that a lot of people go there. Another is the Therme Bath Spa. The view from the open air rooftop pool at Britain's Therma Spa overlooks the city of Bath and the Abbey. Therma Bath Spa is the only spot in Britain where you can soak in the mineral waters which the Celts and the Romans enjoyed more than 2,000 years ago. Wow. Then there's the China Hot Springs. That's in Alaska. Since 1905, when visiting prospectors discovered the waters healing nature that's located deep in Alaska, visitors have been enjoying these hot springs. Winter is certainly the busiest time of the year. China's Hot Spring Resort in Fairbanks, Alaska, when the 105 degree water offers a reprieve from the cold. Soakers may even catch a glimpse of the northern lights overhead. You know, a lot of hot springs are really enjoyed in the winter because it's cold outside, but you're submerged in the hot springs, the warm waters. It raises your body temperature, and it's really just a surreal experience. I have experienced a few of them, and sometimes you have ice crystals on your head, but you don't feel it because it's really nice and warm. And then when you leave the hot spring, your body temperature is still raised, so you can just walk back to the spa facility and you're still nice and relaxed. And those natural waters really have a lot of wonderful minerals and properties for great skin in addition to muscle relaxation, giving you, again, that peace of mind. They actually have quite a few hot springs in Budapest, but this one in particular is the Seishenyi Thermal Bath in Budapest. And it's really a way of life for those who live in Budapest. And it's sometimes called the spa city, thanks to the healing waters found at spots like She Shi Nyi, which is the largest outdoor thermal bath in all of Europe. And I want to say in advance, forgive me if I'm mutilating some of the pronunciations of these names. I'm trying. <laughs> but some of them are tongue twisters. And then in Iceland, now I've been at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. I haven't been to this one here, but the Reykjadalur hot springs in Iceland. You hike through the valley to the thermal steam vents and it's boiling hot pools. It's an outdoor bath, and again, just really, really relaxing. The most interesting time is getting from the spa facility 
into the hot springs because of course you're going to have to come down to your bathing suit so that period is cold but once you get in and you're submerged it's so warm it's so relaxing and typically you're in a beautiful setting so it's very pleasing to the eyes usually either near the mountains or you're high above and looking down into a valley or a city below and it's just really beautiful especially when you're seeing the steam rise just very therapeutic Another in Budapest is the Gellert Baths in Budapest. It's an Art Nouveau-style thermal bath at the Hotel Gellert in Budapest. And you will find a lot of the hot springs have spa facilities around them, or local spas have brought those elements into their spa or have tapped into the hot spring so that you get a total spa experience in addition to being at the hot springs. And some are just completely out in nature and managed that way. So let's come back to the United States. There are a few that I have that are in the United States, but they're going to be speckled throughout. The hot springs in Napa, and I completely missed this the last time I was in Napa. Wish I hadn't, because I certainly would have paid a visit, but I'm definitely going back to Napa again sometime soon. That's the Dr. Wilkinson's Hot Springs Resort in Napa. They have bubbling mud baths in Calistoga, California since 1952. So you can relax in the warm mud baths with plenty of healing properties thanks to the pure volcanic ash and the Canadian peat, or you can enjoy one of the many bathhouse treatments that are available. Again, this is a resort and it's the natural warm mud baths there. And then in New Zealand, there's the Polynesian Spa. It overlooks New Zealand's Lake Rotura, and it includes a mud wrap using the thermal mud that's believed to have healing properties, and there's no shortage of healing water at the Polynesian Spa with two natural hot mineral springs and 26 soaking pools filled with soothing alkaline waters. And I should have said this earlier, but I hope you have either pen and pad handy or your smart tablet and you're taking notes but also remember that the show encores on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern and on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern so if you want to be prepared later to take notes of these destinations. Let's now talk about and look into some of the top wellness spas. Just outside of San Diego is the Golden Door Spa and this is really great for stress reduction. In addition to the fitness center and healthy eating, the Golden Door Spa works with guests to create a balance of body, mind, and spirit. And you can let your minds rest while walking the circular labyrinth. So what I love about the Golden Door Spa is that you can create something for yourself, as I said, for that balance of mind, body, and spirit. So if you want healthy eating, if you want to incorporate a fitness plan in addition to those spa services. The Schwann Spa at the Langham in Chicago is fabulous. In Chinese, Schwann means flowing water. And as the source of life, water represents the rebirth and rebalancing of our whole being. 
So the Schwann Spa journey begins once you pass through what they call the Moon Gate. And it's like entering a garden. They have a long menu of treatments and their packages. So you can just be there and enjoy the facilities, the plunge pools, the saunas, the steam rooms, the jacuzzis, and you can also incorporate some of those treatments so you can opt to just hang out for the day enjoying all of the different facilities and just relaxing or you can take in some of their packages their spa treatments from facials to massages and wraps and all of those things i also want to add that the langham hotel has a very nice restaurant there as well then there's the chi the spa at Shangri-La Hotel in Shanghai. I haven't been to this one, but I have been to the Chi Spa in Bangkok, and it is fabulous. Well, Shangri-La hotels are fabulous anyway, but very healing massage therapy based on the principles of Eastern medicine. And they also have couple treatments and spa treatment rooms designed specifically for couples. So you really just can't go wrong with the Chi Spa at any of the Shangri-La hotels. And also in Thailand, there is the Kamalaya Koh Samui's Wellness Sanctuary. They have private plunge pools and it's a holistic spa in Thailand. So if you're looking for some detox, you want to do some group yoga classes, they have open air studios, and it's a complete sanctuary. So you can really just explore. And again, you can either stay at the spa or you can just take in a full day of services there. And one of my favorites that I experienced when I was in Peru, as I was about to head to Machu Picchu, is the Calpa Spa at Tabo de Linca, a luxury collection resort and spa at the Val Sagrado, which means Sacred Valley in Peru. That's considered one of the best spas in the country. They have a thermal circuit. Now, a thermal circuit means that there are waters with different temperatures, and you use that as therapy in itself. So, for example, you would do the plunge pool. Now, the plunge pool, for those who've never done it, ice cold water. (laughs) But it really invigorates you, your skin feels great afterwards. It's a bit jarring. I see some people who can just do it and act like it's nothing. But the plunge pool, for example, you walk down the steps into the pool where you're then covered up to your neck and then you walk out and you do it in a circuit to get your body used to it. So the first time you go in, you do it very quickly because it's very jarring and it's very cold. It takes your breath away. And now as your body's getting used to it, you come down again and you spend a little bit longer down at the bottom where you're submerged up to your neck and then you walk back out. And then the third time around, you wanna stay even longer And then you can go to the tepid water pool, so just kind of relax. And then you can go into the hot pools. So it's a thermal circuit with varying temperatures and different waters for you to experience. But I tell you, it was so invigorating. My skin felt fantastic. The whole resort and spa area is beautiful. They have a lot of local art throughout the property. And what I really love about it is that you can walk to the train 
that takes you to Machu Picchu. It's a luxury train, the Livingston, and it has glass ceilings so that you can really see the scenery as you're going up to Machu Picchu. In Chile, there is the Puyu Huapi Lodge and Spa. It has three open-air thermal baths where you can relax in the healing waters that's surrounded by beautiful scenery. And they have the fords. So if you've never seen a ford, they have them in different places. I've certainly seen them in New Zealand. Just the mountains. These are the Patagonia Mountains. Just beautiful. There's rustic luxury. And then, of course, you can pamper your body at the lodge with spa treatments. And it Also, if you're into nature, you can do the hike at one of the nearby national parks. Forest bathing, it's not actually getting into water, but forest bathing is really just taking a walk through nature, through the forest to take in, to clear your mind. So again, this is Wusaw. We're talking about clarity and calmness. And again, United States has a lot of properties you can visit and a lot of natural hot springs, mountains, desert rocks. One of my favorites is Arizona Desert and at the Miraval All-Inclusive Spa. And it is known for its top-rated facilities. Great food, lots of fitness activities. The Red Rocks of Arizona are just fabulous. And then, of course, just this mindfulness and self-discovery at the Miraval Spa. You have yoga classes. And these yoga classes they have are catering to all skill levels. And then, of course, the spa facilities and treatments. In southern Spain, there's the Shaw Wellness clinic. They have a myriad of programs, including healthy detox sessions. If you want to go for weight loss, you can do that too. They have wellness clinics lasting from two to 14 days, depending on what your needs and or desires are. They have medical and fitness professionals who are there and available to help provide you with their expertise, but also guide you through whatever programs you have. And they have those natural therapies. They also have Eastern medicine and fitness. And then there's the Canyon Ranch Spa, specifically the one in Miami. Of course, there are other Canyon Ranch spas, but really bringing in the seaside of Miami Beach is a great setting, great for health and nutrition specialists. If you're looking to do some detox, you know, sometimes when we go away, it's not just about the spa treatments, but it is maybe getting close to nature. Maybe it's doing detox where we can reset, recalibrate. Again, anytime you're talking about the mind, the body, or the spirit, it can be meditation, it can be yoga, it can be fitness, weight loss, just kind of replenishing. After 2020 and what looks to be part, at least, of 2021, we will certainly need that. Let's talk about some of the destinations that in itself are just fantastic places to go for rest and relaxation. So when I talk about destinations, it just means the destination in itself offers so many opportunities for rest and relaxation, whether they have fantastic spas and resorts or great nature and maybe some wonderful restaurants or things that you can just really connect to. One of my favorites is in Maui, in Hawaii, and Molokai. Molokai is just nine miles from West Maui, and it's one of the less 
visited islands there. You won't find any nightlife, no big city lights or anything like that, but you will find some very secluded beaches that are not overly populated. Three Mile Beach, actually, officially known as Papuhaku, and it sits at the island's western end, one of the largest stretches of white sand beaches in Hawaii. Just really beautiful, just a nice place to go for some R&R. And then the Maldives, and one of our near future shows, we're going to talk about the Maldives in more detail. But the Maldives is an archipelago, and it's home to hundreds of tropical islands. That's what an archipelago is, you know, just lots of islands. Each one so breathtaking. And, of course, Maldives is very well known for its over-the-water bungalows, white sand beaches, and the beautiful aquamarine waters of the Indian Ocean, not to mention the wealth of luxurious spas and hotels to choose from. And most of them are named top spa destinations on the planet, really, (laughs) based on the World Spa Awards. Ubud is another place. And we're talking about Indonesia near Bali or in Bali, Ubud. A lot of people started talking about Ubud after the movie Eat, Pray, Love. That was her final destination in her Eat, Pray, Love journey. I have been there. It is a very beautiful place. You can enjoy everything from outdoor adventures to total relaxation or enlightenment, spa treatments, Balinese massage, just the ambiance of Asia's top spa and their spa destinations is there. The food is so fresh and so wonderful, very light seafood. I love the spices of Indonesia and just a lot of great landscape that you'll find there. And one destination that is being talked about a lot, and we actually did one of our travel webinar series on it, and that's Croatia. Now, just off of Croatia's mainland is an island called V, and it's surrounded by azure seas. And if you've ever seen the azure seas, it's how the name azure blue. I mean, it's beautifully blue seas. And it's a Mediterranean area. So one thing that is surprising is that Croatia has wonderful food as well. But it is very, very much an isolated place, the island of V. So going to a place like that, you really can get the best of both worlds. So you can carve out some time to go to the island that's very much isolated and just surrounded by the beautiful sea. And then, of course, go to the mainland for a little action. And I have two places left that I want to talk about. One is in Australia, Whitsundays. It's one of Australia's most breathtaking attractions. And it's made up of 74 island wonders along Queensland's tropical coast in the heart of the Great Barrier Reef. Now, the island is home to one of the world's most beautiful secluded beaches called Whitehaven. It's consistently ranked among top 10 beaches on the planet. It's uh, white silica sand and striking azure blue waters. It's almost unbelievable when you see it, but certainly for ultimate relaxation and opportunities, you can enjoy snorkeling, abundant marine life, turtles, sharks, 
dolphins, rays, and giant clams. I know you may be saying, wait a minute, sharks. You just said sharks. <laughs> but you certainly don't need to go looking for sharks. But it is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then last, we're going to bring it back home with Arizona and the Sedona. Sedona has a very relaxing vibe. They have countless resorts and luxury spas. And when you're in the desert, check out some stargazing. You know, one night, go out. And what's really great is if you get a professional with you that can really tell you about the stars. And when you get out into the desert and you don't have any city lights or anything like that, the sky comes to life. I haven't done it in Sedona, but I have done it in Australia, and it is just phenomenal. So do some stargazing. You know, nighttime activity doesn't always have to be about hype and partying and clubbing and all of that. Nighttime activity can be very relaxing as well, especially if you're talking about nature. So these are just a few places around the world, but there are certainly many to be explored and enjoyed both domestically and internationally. You can even find some in your own hometown if you want to take a woosah time out. You can definitely do it at home or you can go far away if you need to really immerse yourself. And if you're looking to experience a spa today, you wanna to make sure you check out their website for their COVID protocols, because some services may be limited or there just may be things that you need to know about before going there. And whether you're planning for near or far future, I encourage you to plan a trip to restore and to recalibrate and reconnect with your mind, your body, and your soul. We all could use some healing. I hope you've taken some notes. And if you have some places that you'd like for me to discover or that you'd like to share with everyone else, let me know. Send me an email, javon at travelingculturati.com, or you can follow us on social media and let me know there as well. Now, when I come back, I'm going to have Afro Flow yoga on and they're going to help us to woosah anywhere at any time on the culture report this is traveling culturati we explore cultures and destinations we share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure so go ahead and up your travel game with traveling culturati visit travelingculturati.com for more information Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Head on over to the website. It's TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, just check us out and join the travel club and follow us on social media. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born from the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is is the Culture Report on ways to woosah during your travels. We're talking about achieving clarity and calmness. And on the phone with me to help me out, because I need a little help too, is Leslie and Jeff Jones. They are the founders of Afro Flow Yoga, and they have been practicing since 1991 and 1990, respectively, and founded Afro Flow Yoga in 2000. 2008. Hello, a dynamic duo. I love it. Hello, Leslie and Jeff. How are you today? 
Hi, we're great and so grateful to be speaking with you today. Well, I'm Yvonne, thank you for having us. My pleasure. And I'm grateful to have you on because travel can be stressful with the planning, getting to the airport. Now we have new COVID protocols and processes. So where do we start in this approach to a trip coming up and getting our mind right? Preparation is the key to success, particularly when you're going into something that can be potentially stressful. So I love to start with a to-do list and things that I want to pack with me and help me stay calm and relaxed. What about you, Jeff? I feel the meditation kind of starts the whole trip You know, before you even set a plan, you want to get relaxed so you can have a certain mindset when you're doing that. So we recently, in the past 10 months, we've started doing yoga practice, meditation together, where we kind of do a back-to-back and breathing. And that's kind of where it starts for us. I mean, even before a trip, you got to get yourself prepared, along with making a list. Let's first talk about what meditation is, because I don't know if we truly understand the full, pun intended, breadth of meditation. So when we say meditation, what do we mean? Meditation, oftentimes people think about yoga and meditation, and and there's a, a struggle to it when we first begin, but really meditation is to calm the mind, often have so many thoughts that are floating around in our heads and it takes us away from the present moment. Oftentimes we're thinking about the past, which we cannot control, and we're thinking about the future, which can cause a lot of anxiety. So when we can calm the mind and come into our breath and come into a meditative state where we are in the present moment, and it's really the present moment where the gifts are so we can we can find beauty in in the moment and bring ourselves to a state of calm and if you're a spiritual person it's also a way to connect with the divine god spirit or, you know whatever is in your belief system something greater than yourself a lot of people do not breathe deeply enough and even some people have to learn how to breathe because when we get in stressful situations we don't breathe very deeply I found myself in a doctor's office the other day and we were doing some breathing things and I realized that I could almost reduce my pulse rate by just breathing deeper and longer. And so how do we achieve those deep breaths? This has been such a time where with COVID, we're reminded that the breath is really a gift as we see some of our loved ones struggling with the breath. And breath is something, as long as we're alive, it's accessible and portable. And there are different breathing techniques. In yoga, we call it pranayama. It's the life force. When we're born, we come out of the womb and we inhale, and that's the inspiration. It's the oxygen feeds the cells and the lungs and the organs. And then when we exhale, that's usually the breath to release and let go of whatever's not serving. And so there are different techniques, as I mentioned. So a very simple technique that I love is beginning to notice the breath. And, and I like to start with the feet connected to the floor. So then you could do this sitting down, standing if you're driving in traffic, just feeling the weight of your body. And then bringing the awareness to the rise and the fall of your breath. So you might begin to notice the quality of your breath. Is it shallow? Is it rapid? Is it slow and deep? And then you might begin to notice the sound of your breath and then bringing the breath deeper into the belly, 
four counts in through the nose and then exhaling out of the mouth and finding a rhythm, four counts in, four counts out is a really simple technique. What are some of the other practices we can take with us anywhere? Because you said something earlier that breathing is portable. So what are some of those other portable things that we can take with us anywhere? Jeff and I, we've been together for 26 years and we've been traveling (laughs) ever since. I think this is the first year with COVID where we've been really still. One of the things that I love is bringing a little bit of home to wherever I'm going. And I have an altar, for example, and so I love little crystal stones that I bring that help calm me and help me feel grounded. I'll bring sometimes, if I have a scarf or something to beautify, and then I love to bring scents, essential oils. So appealing to the senses is a way to stay calm, bringing beauty into wherever you go and a piece of home, as I said. So that, I love setting up altars when I go into hotel rooms and then I also spray them down, clear the air, because even though the cleaning people may have been in there, there's energy from people from before. So I like to maybe bring in a lavender scent and a journal. What are some easy tips for those who either haven't meditated or don't meditate? What are some of those simple things they can do? Being the musician of Afroflow Yoga, finding things to calm us while we're meditating can be a good start. Having certain tones, which people do when they do the ohm sound, when you're breathing, so you breathe in and you can breathe out, find a tone, and you just let that tone, a low tone, Low tones are very good for calming, so those are very helpful for settling. I love that. Now let's talk a little bit about yoga, because it's something I think just the name yoga is intimidating to a lot of people. How can a novice approach it? I definitely know many, many people who struggle with yoga, and I remember when I first practiced yoga, it was a challenge. It felt painful. It felt really uncomfortable. And yoga is about moving through and breathing through the discomfort, and then you find ease. But more importantly, I would say that it's a practice and not a perfection, and oftentimes we come to the mat and we look around and we think, oh gosh, I'm not going to be a pretzel, and so we start creating judgments in our heads about ourselves, and then we can give up. So... Thinking about it being a journey, being a process, as opposed to a destination and a perfection. What I would say also to the beginner is to meet yourself where you are. A simple way is really to start with the breath and be kind to yourself. So yoga is about love and compassion, and what a great way to practice that with yourself. What are some easy poses and practices anyone can do? And I'm sure that's a very long list, but give me your top two go-tos when you travel that anyone can do. Well, one of my favorite ones is to uh, release the spine. And so, for example, if you're sitting down, your feet are connected to the floor. And, of course, we talked about breathing, so you would start with your breath. And then simply become aware of your body and the placement of your body, beginning to feel the sensations of your feet on the floor, your sitting bones on the chair, your spine. 
and calming, relaxing from the top of your head all the way down, noticing if you're holding on to any tension in your eyes, your jaw, and using that calming breath, as I said, the inhale filling up with energy, exhale releasing, and then gently dropping your chin to your heart. You'll begin to feel a stretch through the back of your neck, which tends to get very tight. And as you stay with the breath, connecting with gravity and slowly vertebrae by vertebrae, rolling yourself down so that slowly the top of your head is reaching now down toward the earth and this releases the spine. And so we like to call this like the raggedy end position, like a raggedy end doll. You're just relaxing and breathing and letting go with each breath. And say you breathe for about six or seven breaths or so. And then when you're ready to slowly come up, stay connected to the breath and begin to stack from the base of your spine one vertebrae on top of the other. So you slowly roll up so that your chin will be the very last thing to come up and then you feel a string from the top of your head to your tailbone, length of the spine, and then you relax and notice how you feel. Well, I I feel wonderful. I was doing it while you were talking (laughs) me through it. Well, I want to talk a little bit about Afroflow yoga before we go. It's described as a meditative yoga. So what does that mean when you combine those two? What is a meditative yoga? Yoga in the Western culture, oftentimes the focus is on just the physical practice. But the history of yoga and really the root of yoga is to get us into a meditative state. And so through the breath, through a series of asanas, which are yogic positions, we begin to go deeper into the part of our being that our souls, our breath, and find a flow. So with Afroflow yoga, we're in a flow where you're beginning to ride the breath and you relax and release and all of the stress and tension begins to melt away so that eventually you can find yourself in a place of stillness and in meditation. That just sounds wonderful. And I've seen some of your classes on Instagram. Your website is afroflowyoga.com. And how often do you do your Instagram live class? We do that every week combined with Facebook. And then we also have on our website platform, we're running Zoom through a platform called Namastream. So if people go on and register on our website. Fantastic. Sundays at 1.30 Eastern Time. Again, this is Leslie and Jeff Jones, founder and co-founder of Afroflow Yoga. You can check them out at afroflowyoga.com and also on different social media channels. But again, a live class on social media, Sundays, 1.30 Eastern Time. Leslie and Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so much calmer talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Javon. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen.